You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome, everyone, into Western Conference Finals postgame edition, number two of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by EP Ringside, Shapshot, D Magazine. New book out called We Win Here about your Dallas Stars as well as the Texas Stars. He is Sean Shapiro. Well, Sean, do you want to go first or do you want me to monologue this thing? What would you like? This is a Sunday and I'm a big fan of yours. You tell me. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I have, I mean, tonight, this today, I mean, this was what, three o'clock start, whatever, nor two o'clock start, whatever, normal time. So it's during the day, I guess it's nighttime, whatever time of day it is. Uh, throughout the season, <coughs> oh, got a dog barking here. We throughout the season, we've had, we've, we've always, we've talked about the stars. In the regular <coughs> season, we talked about the stars overtime issues, right? We talked about the three on three, we talked about the, and I think on multiple times you and I talked about the kind of the concept that, hey, it's three on three. This is not what they do in the playoffs, right? I, I, I have said it. I said it multiple times. You know what? It's it's a frustrating reality, but it's not going to hurt him in the playoffs. It's a different game. It's the right. same thing. They're 0-4 in overtime now in the oh. playoffs. Jake Ottinger has never won a playoff overtime game, even though he had the stellar performance in an overtime game last year against Calgary. He still didn't win that game. And it's the, the stars have a, have an over, have an overtime problem. It's yeah. uh, that's, 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 that's an issue. And I'll, I'll let you take it from there. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they, they, they certainly do. And they have a line change issue and teams are now keying on that. It happened several times uh, today. And that's something that, you know, video clearly shows and teams are taking advantage. If they see the stars on a change and if they can go, they're going to go. And that was the issue in overtime. I I wanted to Saad Youssef from the athletic uh, talk to Ryan Suter after the game. And he asked him what happened on Vegas second goal. And Suter replied, did you watch it? Yeah. Okay. Then you know what happened. Question, what would you have wanted to do differently? Suter, that's for us to talk about. Obviously, it wasn't the right play, and it ended up costing us. Throughout the season, when we've been doing this podcast, we have talked about Ryan Suter, and social media has been a buzz about Ryan Suter. 
escalation is probably an understatement at this point, what we're seeing on social media. And uh, I'm just disappointed from a veteran defenseman how you don't do the following. Either eat the puck, and I understand Miro Heiskanen was right there, but you have to know where you are at that game, and NHL vets absolutely do. So rather than a soft backhand pass, you either eat the puck, but you definitely bang it around the boards. Even if it goes for icing, you have your timeout. It just is so frustrating to watch that and then watch in the overtime as once again, a line change ends up in a four on three. And I agree with you. I mean, you know, Listen, I'm a big Jake Ottinger guy. Tonight was not on Jake Ottinger. But that said, you have to stand on your head at times. That's just the reality. And that's the reality with this defense core. So it is frustrating. And I will say this. It's also playing against Vegas, who minimizes their mistakes, who has veteran defensemen, who has veteran forwards. Jack Eichel was a beast tonight. You have played them pretty well through two games. Better in this game for sure. Your second period to me was outstanding tonight. But for some reason, Sean, they just cannot put that second period in a bottle and play it for all three. And I think that's my frustration because if they play that way, they can beat this team. And you're right. Overtime issues continue, and now you're at a situation where you have to take home ice. I think you have to take both. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's it for now, but those are my frustrations. I think Stars fans have a lot of frustrations. Um, I will say you're in the Western Conference Finals, so when you make mistakes, they absolutely will be magnified, especially against a team like Vegas, who – Absolutely. They're one of the things they do. And we saw it with the suitor mistake. We saw Harley make several mistakes. They are keying on your defenseman. They're going hard on the four check. They are completing their checks. And in my opinion, I think the hard checks throughout the game gets in your head. And I think that's why suitor uh, released the puck like he did because he wanted to avoid the check. I'm not saying soft. I'm not saying anything, but, you saw Dallas trying to get rid of the puck as soon as they could to try to clear the zone as fast as possible. They did it effective at times, but, you know, Vegas just kept coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned overtime because it's just the frustration where the Stars do have an overtime problem, and we had to lead with that. But to me, you've hit on the biggest issue that really frustrates me most about this game is you have to manage the moment. And you... The Stars, from game one to game two, they adjusted well. For 57 minutes, they did everything you do to need to win this game. Um, one of the uh, analytics models, the guys over at Evolving Hockey, who track the kind of events of the game as they go, like the Stars had a 93% chance to win this game with two and a half, or with, with like three minutes left in the game. Like, oh. it's like, it's like, it's so it's, it's that space where to me, you have to manage the moment and the play where, so 
full credit to Jack Eichel. I thought Jack Jack Eichel managed the moment perfectly. He did, yeah. Like you have a, I, I think, I don't blame Ottinger for like, I don't blame Ottinger for either goal. But you talk about it's just a reality of he is the goalie who has yet to win a playoff overtime. You, yep. But I thought Eichel, smart, high bouncing dump into the play, kind of makes it so Ottinger has to kind of steer that to Suter and for Suter to in that spot there are three different there are he could have done three different things and he chose the one bad thing he could have ate it up against the boards he could have iced it he could have turned and skated the other direction he could have done any of the things he and and he just completely it's a complete gaffe and then uh, and it leads to the game tying goal. And I, I'm gonna go off on it. And I try not to. I try to separate the player from the person sometimes on things and everything like that. And, and but one of the things like you you talked about Suter's interaction with Sod, and that Sod tweeted out there and everything like that. And that's a space where that just adds to the frustration for me of this where Agreed. like you're an NHL player you're paid lots and lots of money to make right decisions to do to, to play the game and you own up to the moment I mean did you see the play of course we saw the play you you saw I mean it's to me that's that's the space where I understand you've just lost a game and it's tough and sometimes we have unfair things to players but at the end of it, that's a fair question, and there's a bit of owning the moment, and there's grace. And how often in this sport do we talk about accountability? Accountability, Gavin. We're always yep. like, like, oh, this is the sport of accountability. This is where men are men, and players stand, and players own their stuff, and everything like that. And and then you make a mistake like that, and it becomes, well, I'm just going to be a little bit of a prick about it. To be honest, like, yeah. that's I mean, that that just that makes it even worse. Um, it's post-game interaction aside, in the moment, he's played, what, 14,000 NHL games or what, like something like that between regular season and playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you've been in that spot before, and it's a bad mistake. And it's a really bad mistake, especially for a player of his stature. And it's a mistake, too, that it's also like, it's almost even more frustrating from a level where, Ryan Suter actually hasn't been as bad as in the overall in the playoffs. He hasn't right. been as bad as, as, as kind of the, the calls have been for, for his proverbial head and throughout. I mean, he's, he hasn't been as bad and then you make that mistake. And yeah. I just, I, I look at, there's so many things that the stars go from game one to game two game two is always the counter punch, right? Of a series. And so many little things the stars actually did right. Like how many chances other than kind of that weird, I mean, Ottinger had to make a difficult pad save um, in the early in the second period. There was the weird thing where everyone seemingly forgot the clock. There was still three seconds left on the clock with with the shorthanded, with the shorthanded, the only shorthanded shot attempt of the game, even though it missed the net. Other than that, Vegas has only offense is a five on three, five on three goal, which 
Um, I don't know how much I like that penalty, but on an aside, I do like that they actually called both of them. Like the fact that that the referee actually had the cojones to call both of those in a playoff game was, was so rare. Yes, exactly. Um, now it's <laughs> the stars benefit. The stars benefited because then he kind of. He kind of slouched into a really bad makeup call a little bit oh later. Oh my goodness, that, that, that was, but that was yeah, bad. Um, yeah, that was really bad. But uh, but so, so many things where they adjusted, they adjusted the conditions. The fourth line was good tonight, really good. And then you make a moment, a decision where it's a, a nothing burger of a play turns into changing the entire game and maybe changes this entire series. And I. Uh, it's 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 just it's incredibly frustrating to see and it's it's one of those moments where i don't really know how else we can break it down other than ryan Suter messed up like ryan Suter yeah. lost the game on this play for them and that's that's the space it's 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 just there's no other way to slice it on that no matter how he wants to interact and say oh we'll discuss it internally or whatever you don't need to discuss it internally you can't do right. that and now and now you've put your team in a spot where you got to win four out of five against the best team from the Western Conference. He's had the C on his sweater, mm-hmm. so he obviously has been in the spotlight, and he knew the question was coming, and it could have been a simple raise your hand and said, you know, in the moment, trying to get the puck to Heishkinen. Unfortunately, it didn't go that way. And, yes, in front of the net, I did miss that trailer, and I raised my hand. I feel awful about it because the guys worked really hard tonight. And now we have to regroup and, you know, I I think just being accountable in some way, just choose your answer, but be accountable. And to say, we're going to discuss it internally. I, I just, you know, unfortunately, like, like what, what, what happens in the moment if so just like, just flip, put the shoe on another skate on another foot, right? What happens if Joe Pavelski turns the puck over at the blue line, it goes to a breakaway in Vegas, scores the game winning goal or Jamie Ben or Tyler Sagan have the turnover in front of the net that leads to the goal against what's the reaction after the game from them. They yep. stand up and own it. And yep. that to me is, I, I know part of media handling is not going to impact things in the game and everything like, that, but it just, to me, it's a, a larger reflection of just, just adding to the frustration of all of this because you messed up. <laughs> it was yeah. bad. And uh, cause let, but let's, 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 let's talk about the first 57 minutes. Let's talk about what some of the okay. other things. No, this absolutely. Week, this, I... is a, this is, this is a, it's, it's, it's one of those games where if this had happened in the regular season, you'd be like, you know what? You still got a point. It was okay. We move on. But because of the gravity of the situation is why we're obviously it's, it's such yes. a, a harping on it. But let, let's talk about the first, 57 minutes because there are some things that we can take from this moment and the stars can take from this game overall that uh, you can find some hope from, or at least uh, schematically build on for game three on, uh, on Tuesday. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it was a noon start Vegas time, mm-hmm. and I thought uh, Stars came out with some good legs. You know, that's been one of the things that we've harped on throughout the season is, you know, can they get off to a start? And I thought they matched Vegas. Um, and I thought the first period was, you know, pretty much back and forth. Ottinger made some nice saves. Uh, I, I, I like the first goal by the Stars, and here's why, because it was traffic in front. Mm-hmm. And kudos to Radic Foxa. Uh, I, I thought he got the goal, but it turns out it was Miro that got the goal. But it was perfect placement by Miro. And you know what? The puck that went over Aiden Hill, you can say luck, but as we've seen throughout these playoffs, when you create panic or call it what you want, when you're in the dirty area, you get chances, you get opportunities. And yes, you do get that luck and you get the bounces that come over to your stick because you are crowding the area. The goaltender can't see it cleanly. Thus, the rebounds come out in front. So I thought overall the Stars' first period was, you know, good. The five-on-three, Sean, um, I I mean, the first penalty, it is what it is. Uh, I thought both players were fighting for position. I didn't see that as interference. Um, I guess looking back, Harley probably shouldn't have put that stick in the, but I mean, how many defensemen do we see poke through the middle of legs? So it's just, it, it's, it's common and we usually don't see it turn into a five on three. So, you know, and the five on three goal, honestly, uh, you know, I mean, it goes off Lindell's skate. It wasn't like he, you know, meant to save it or anything like that. Just, just one of those fluky bounces that goes Vegas way. But once again, Vegas in front of the net and they can capitalize on that. Yeah, I, I want to talk about the so the first goal too. It's it's interesting to me. So it's it ends up being a goal from Glendening. I mean, Heishkinen goal from Glendening and Suter. Um, but I want I think the two other players on the ice who actually didn't get points on the play deserve a ton of credit for this goal. You talk about a total team goal, and we talked about it, the fourth line being really good tonight. So like this play start, and obviously we all saw Fox in front of the net and everything like that, but. Um, uh, Yoel Kiviranta had a really good game tonight. Um, he was, he's someone who, and I honestly thought he might come out tonight. I thought I was wondering if maybe Ty Delandria might come in and Kiviranta might be the guy to come out, but Kiviranta had a really good game. And one of the things that the stars, the stars fourth line is not going to be an offensive machine by itself. It's a line that is going to, for them offensively, they have to basically kind of be the, uh, they have to be the, the support group for Miro Heishkin, and that's kind of how they are offensively. And um, so the play starts uh, uh, at a, a Glendening dump-in, a control, kind of a controlled dump-in by Glendening. Stars were doing way more of that this game, but I don't have an issue with that. The ice was kind of crummy. We saw that in game one. Um, we saw how effective that is in the Eastern Conference Finals for Carolina and Florida. I don't have an issue with it. And so Glendening dumps it in with Heishkin and skating ability. He basically gets in there um, – so quick, he's basically the third forward in, and he he go he's down low on the play. Yoel Kiviranta 
because of his how he plays the game and his defensive mindedness of it all doesn't go deep on the play he stays he stays up on the uh he stays on the uh he stays up on the uh on the blue line in the blue line area and the um and stays in the blue line area and basically allows Heshkinen to continue to be aggressive down low uh there's some other other starts forward units we see a Max Domi or a Mason Marchment kind of pinch down there right away um we probably see it with uh, and I mean I know the whole the Robertson Hints line is pretty reliable in general but even them they started to start to take priority but Kiviranta basically let Heshkinen go down low stays up top um They'll continue to work the play that way. And Heishkinen basically goes to the spot where he becomes the the forward that kind of is, is running the play. Kiviranta basically covers the basically takes the role as the defenseman on this play and allows Heishkinen to be the forward, allows it to continue circling, and kind of the trust that the stars have in Kiviranta being there and that Heishkinen has with the forward covering for him allows this whole play to create itself. And I think that's something that needs to kind of be recognized because Kiviranta is not getting a point. Fox is not getting a point for his screen, but um, kind of the two most important forwards on this play are the two guys that actually didn't get a point on this in, 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 a, in an interesting way here. So. so we go to the second period, and I thought this was a terrific period for the Stars. One of the things that I was texting back and forth with a couple of hockey fans and they were asking me and I said, you know, it would be great because I thought in the first period that, you know, the Vegas defensemen were clear in their zone pretty easily. You know, I think the stars at times provided some pressure, but I wanted to see the stars with a more aggressive forecheck. And I thought they really came out firing with that forecheck and really getting those Vegas defensemen on their heels and making the Vegas forwards work to get it out of the zone. So I thought that was a key in the second period, Sean. Uh, I just love the aggressiveness in the offensive zone uh, by the stars. I mean, did Vegas have anything? And I mean, other than that weird kind of shorthanded thing where everyone kind of forgot the clock right. was going, like did Vegas have anything in the second no. period? I mean, there no. was, it was a complete like, it was the perfect road hockey period. Like it was, you controlled the play, you limited shots. You didn't, you had some good chances yourself and you went and, uh, and, and, and then you capitalized yourself. And I thought the, 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 one of the things that the stars were struggling with um, on the power play this series was they were kind of getting too cutesy at the blue line and they needed to just kind of start getting a little grittier and a little bit work kind of try to work smarter and harder on plays and basically what they had been doing at five on five they need to start applying that to the power play and that's how they got the power play goal tyler sagan dumps the puck in jason robertson's still out there works hard gets the works the puck back to davidinov davidinov with a pretty good shot to the low pad robertson cleans it up i thought yeah. it was i mean this was this was the period that should have won the game this is the period that you want to bottle up and you're like hey this is the period where the series should have turned on this series. The period. This is the one where you're like, okay, hey, we. What happened in the second period is why you won this game. It's why you're you should spin this series, and that's how good that second period was. I know it was only one nothing, 
but in one nothing for the period and two one going to the third. But that period was pr- about as well scripted as a road period as you could do, especially in a playoff series. Okay. So, and we already talked about the third period. I mean, it was basically <laughs> kind of, I mean, I think they limited the opportunities and then made mistakes late. So, um, yeah. you know, uh, unfortunately, specifically though, Sean, I wanted to ask you about the line changes because yeah. we have seen that as a liability in the playoffs. Um, am I correct that teams now are seeing that and they're going to be more aggressive if they can catch the stars in, in a line change? Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's I part of one, hockey. Each team it's, it's tries to catch. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of hockey. I mean, I guess one thing to, to remember, and it doesn't excuse it, but it's just the, the reality of it is you have, uh, the second, overtime is the long change, right? So it's, it's the, it's when you get, when you get, when you have a bad change, it gets exposed even more so just like it would get would in the second period. Um, it's still, it's the type of mistake though, where I, I hate, and it's inexcusable to see it in the first minute of overtime, right? Like or fit first minute and a half of overtime to get whatever the exact timing is, right? Like you shouldn't, that shouldn't be, that's not acceptable. Uh, late in over late in the first overtime, double overtime, whatever. Like if a bad line change happened in the Florida Carolina game the other night, that went, that was a, it was a full other game. Yeah. Guys are tired. That's okay. Like this, this is, this is an inexcusable time to do it when it's overtime. It's the start of overtime. Everyone's focused, everyone's sharp and, and you weren't. And it's, it's amazing how hockey works, right? Because, just imagine if Wyatt Johnston finishes 30 seconds before he has yeah. a great chance. And all of a sudden we're having a completely different conversation and we're almost laugh, not laughing, but we're almost just kind of brushing off that third period gaff. Instead, it's going to be, it's instead it's going, it's going to be something that's going to be talked about for a long time, especially if Dallas doesn't come back and win this series. Is this the point where I say it would have been nice to see a replay? <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but yeah. I mean, listen, I like Sean McDonough yeah. and I like Ray Ferraro. I mean, I like the announcers. I just, to me, there are times when, I mean, I would have liked to seen that Wyatt Johnson chance. I know the goal happened shortly after that, but um, I, I just think there are times when like, you know, I'm watching and I, I would like to see stuff and I'm, I'm just not, I'm not seeing the replays that I want to see. I, I feel like one of the issues, and I know this is true because I've, I've, I, I just know it's true. The One of the things that Turner did, and we and I have talked about the Turner broadcast, the Turner broadcast went and hired people both on the front end and the back end that have hockey experience. It's why we see the the play-by-play voices are longtime NHL play-by-play voices mm-hmm. or when they need to bring extras in for the playoffs like they do, they bring in team broadcasters. Um, well, ESPN just kind of goes to a group of play-by-play people who are play-by-play people but not hockey people. Same thing goes on the back end where the producers, the directors, a TNT went out of their way to make sure to bring in some of the people who had handled hockey before. ESPN, and ESPN is actually the guy who is in charge of ESPN's coverage for who, who's the director. And I'm not sure if he's the on the site director, but one of the ones who helped set the site for it, he is, he has a long history of doing Sunday night baseball. And a lot of the times I get, 
I feel like I'm getting the baseball broadcast on a hockey game where I like, I, I hate, and I, I tweeted about this during the game because I'm trying to watch, I'm trying to nerd out and watch the zone entries. Like, I, like it's, 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 I'm trying to nerd out about this stuff. And too many times there'll just be like these shots of guys on the bench and like the way that we sometimes see like a, in a baseball broadcast where they'll, well, they'll zoom in on a person while pitching because it's a baseball broadcast and you have all this time to do that too often. The broadcast is just like, Oh, here's this guy on the bench or here's the coach and there's play is happening. It's just like the same way where it's happened three or four times now in the playoffs, Gavin, where they go to the talent in the booth calling the game. And the opening faceoff is, yeah. already ha- is happening behind yeah. them. You can literally yeah. see it on the video board behind Makes them. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. And and so it's – I I'm happy the Stanley Cup Finals on Turner this year <laughs> because because it's because for broadcast reasons. But, like, the ESPN broadcast, it's a – and that's – I keep coming back to that. It's a baseball broadcast of a hockey game, and you either need to – you need to, like – like – I, I hope I, w- I would hope the it's one of those things where I hope the ESPN broadcast and I hope they look at and hear what everyone's saying about the Turner broadcast. And because right now I think they're trying to steal the wrong things from the Turner broadcast. Like yeah. right now they're trying to shoehorn Mark Messier and Steve Levy and, P- and PK Subban into the Turner fun studio right and, and it's 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 re- it's become really bad and it's become really clunky and 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 they're trying to steal that but i want them to steal turner's direction of in-game like i'm watching like it, it shouldn't be and we'll, tomorrow night i'll watch carolina in florida i'm getting to watch more of the hockey game on that on that broadcast that i am on the espn broadcast and it's just kind of frustrating because you're picking things up like i thought last night um I don't know. Did you watch the Did you watch the post game analysis of, at all of the team, of the Carolina Florida game last night? Yeah, I did, yeah. and I have to say, I think, and, and this to me is impressive. Wayne Gretzky, as the season has continued, I mean, he's dialed in in this playoffs. I really, you know, I, I, I like him a lot. I thought John Cooper was awesome. Um, oh, I love yeah. the I well, love the coach perspective. Well, and so the thing last night, like I want to learn stuff from the broadcast when it comes to my sports media consumption. And I I, I hope people listening to this show think this slightly about this podcast. You want to be entertained. But at the end of the day, the reason I read and this is from my view, the reason I read, the reason I watch is to learn more so I can enjoy the sport more. That's and I hope people get that from this podcast somewhat. I loved the pickup. Um watching the Turner post game show last night where they're talking about the goal. And obviously it's a great, it's a great goal by Chuck, but the, the detail they go into to uh, Slavin's stick going into Brent Burns, uh, Slavin's stick getting the, 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 the uh, oddity of Slavin's stick going right through the, the cow going right through the blade of Burns' escape. Yeah. And like to pick that up and go through that, like that's something where, and then you can see them figure it out on the broadcast and then they have a production team on the back end who realizes it and has the clip ready right away. I'm not getting that on the ESPN broadcast. I'm just getting like, I don't know. I mean, there was something where it was what I'm getting on the ESPN broadcast is well, Mark and Shelly, because that's how they talk to them. Mark and Shelly, you've been in this game. You've been in this game before. You've got rings. We've got Stanley Cup champions. The amount of times they keep saying they've got they've, they've got Stanley Cup champions is like I I almost want like 
I almost want Liam McHugh to open the show tomorrow night, like with like, and we got Wayne Gretzky who's got more points combined than the entire ESPN panel. Like I, I almost, <laughs> I almost want that tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, it's the ESPN broadcast becomes that, and it becomes a little bit of the old school hockey mentality where like, I thought it was ridiculous. Um, they had a interview after, in game one, they had an interview with Jason Robertson and, uh, after he scored the intermission interview and he talked about how he scored and everything like that. And, and there's like a throwaway comment from Mark Messier talking about how like the, um, like, you know what? Um, he's got to change that answer to we, not I like it's like, and that's, that's the analysis I'm getting from Mark Messier on this. Like I, 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 yeah, it's, it's kind of fresh and it's, it's, it's hurting. It just, it's, it's hurting everyone's viewership of the game. When you go back to going back to the game production itself, where I don't need shots of the guy who just got off the ice when the action is going, it's not baseball. Stop broadcasting like a baseball game. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you. And there's certainly a difference between the TNT broadcast and the ESPN yeah. broadcast. It'll be interesting if they change it uh, in the off season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, so one of the reasons we created Spits and Suds is to hear from you, and you guys have been so awesome, and we wanted to get to your Twitter questions. So let's start with Ken Jr. underscore 67, who asked, was it just me, or was the game loosely officiated, a lot of uncalled hits or grabbing? Sean, I will tell you, this is my response. I did respond to this one. I said, I think it's been fine. The Stars have actually embellished a few times to draw a call, Robertson and Marchman specifically, um, which I think is fine. Um, but at, at the same time, I mean, you can tell that during the penalties, Vegas is certainly chirping back at the Stars, not necessarily the referees uh, when, when they get called. I thought that was interesting. But, I mean, my opinion, Sean, I thought the officiating was fine today. I mean, I guess if we want to hyper-focus on that interference call, the first call of the five-on-three, um, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, but, I mean, I, th- I, yeah. I think it's fine. I, 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 didn't, I mean, honestly, the only call I had an issue with was the makeup call that actually went Dallas's way because that was yes. such a soft little slash. Like, I, I, I really don't like makeup. It's, I hate the makeup call because – refs go out of their way to when a ref goes out of their way to game management game manage something and say like oh we don't want to impact the game they are impacting the game by doing so so i uh i don't i didn't like the i didn't like the makeup call um i thought i i didn't think the officiating was an issue tonight i didn't have any issues with it i mean it was 
So I agree. Uh, Aaron Trebing at a Treb 08 as soft third period hockey at OT losses is going to be how this season is remembered. Get some dogs on this team that will fight to win a game late. Well, we could talk about those dogs after the stars are eliminated, uh, probably too early at this point. Um, but well, I, I, you know, yeah, I, I will say the following. I mean, I thought the third period, I mean, you know, Vegas is going to come at you and your job is, you know, the best as possible. I didn't think they necessarily went into a Rick bonus defensive shell. Um, they actually had some chances in the third period, but I mean, you know, the mistakes uh, cost them. And as Sean pointed out at the beginning of this contest, you know, the OT now is magnified. I mean, during the regular season, OT losses, you're right. You get a point. These are tough. Well, and I, to say this team doesn't I mean, doesn't want it or whatever, like, Look, game one, they battled back and forced overtime in a game that yeah. they probably they they put themselves in a spot to win a game when they probably shouldn't have been in that spot. So I don't I don't like the I'm personally not a fan of of that narrative because I don't think I, I don't even think this was the stars turtling or anything like that. Like I, I think there was maybe there was a little bit of a natural it wasn't even like a full blown shell. I mean this is a game where, if not for one mistake by one player, we're it's it's we're we're giving pretty good platitudes across the board right now. So yeah. I I like I'm not I I don't I don't think that's the issue. I mean, the overtime issue is something that that is clearly there, but I I, I still go back to this is not. Um. Does a team want it? Does a team have the dogs or whatever? Like I. I mean, think about it from Vegas's perspective. You go from you've been playing like you've been playing pretty poorly for 57 minutes. Your all-world player puts the team on his back with three minutes left. A building that's been completely dead wakes up. Like, I mean, look at we can also look at it from the flip side too, where it's like look at what happened for Vegas. And that's just you sometimes have to applaud parts of that. And at the same time, you can look at I just I I I want to talk about more things on this podcast. I really do, but I keep going back to one play. Like it's one play that really sure that really changed everything. Absolutely, it did. Oh. Yeah, you're absolutely right. At Sean Warrington, put a fork in the stars. He says, "I'm just going to read them all because you guys were nice yeah. enough to write in." But I mean, I wouldn't put the fork in. Um, I mean, if it's, you want to take it's, it's, it's tough the hockey cliche. Yeah, yeah, hockey cliche, right? No, no series starts till the road team wins, right? Like that's the yeah. that's that's the one where. So you you go, you get two games at home. Obviously, not easy, but you take care of business home the next two games. It's a best of three. So yeah, it's yeah. still it's still. Uh, I mean, would you say the Carolina Hurricanes are done right now? No, no I, I I wouldn't. And so it's I. No. Uh, no, and these have been close games. Absolutely. Yeah. They've been, they've been yeah. close games. Uh, at uh, C. Krausen 87, Chris Krausen, don't care if Suter has a veteran status. Dudes can constantly been a liability. I'll take anyone else available right now. Pete has got to get this team more organized. Seems like we are skating uphill the whole game. Uh, okay. My opinion, there's you can't sit Suter. There's who, who, who would you put in? But he was. No, but like I and this is the thing. That it, but this, <laughs> not even just the assist. He was actually good the other fifty-seven minutes or whatever. Like he made he made a brutal mistake, which is yeah. 
which is fine. But I, I mean, he actually like it's 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 the hilarious part of all this. He was actually he was he was pretty good the rest of the game. Um, he's and now the thing that we could the other discussion that we can have is there's other players who if they make that one mistake they would have been scratched and you can talk about fairness and everything like that but at the end of the day do you think you have and just reality like look yourself in the mirror if you're a stars fan on this do you really have another do you have any defensemen other than Miro Heiskanen and Thomas Harley that you would trust to play 20 minutes a night no and you don't and that's just the reality of it. Like that's how good, that's 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 how the Stars team is built. So, yeah. like, I, you want to go into Game Three and you want to show me, like, like no, I, I I I get it. The mistake was brutal. The contract was bad. I get all of that. But also to to tie it all back. Ryan Suter is not coming out of the lineup. And at this point he should not come out of the lineup. If you want to talk about long-term things, whatever, but just, just it's, it's not the stars don't have, they only have, they only have two defensemen that are better than him right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And I I mean, I don't know how you feel, Sean, but I thought Thomas Harley uh, didn't have the best game. No, no. He he had, he, he looked, he looked like the, He looked more like the twenty-one-year-old, yeah. whatever the age, like he or the twenty-two or whatever the age. Is. Like he looked more like that guy tonight, um, and that's just that's kind of the right. the re- the reality of it. And so. and sometimes you have to raise the glass to the other team. And yeah. I thought Vegas did a real nice job putting pressure on him. Uh, Aaron Thacker, Thackman, uh, does it seem like Dallas has been uh, out physicaled? if that's a word, or is it just what I am seeing? Uh, I would definitely say stylistically Vegas, that's their thing. They're physical and um, that's, that's Vegas hockey. So they're a very physical team. They're a big team. So um, yeah, I would say so, but except uh, in the second period, I thought, uh, I thought Dallas responded and uh, did a great job and kind of put Vegas on their heels. And, you know, for the most part, limited the Vegas chances uh, throughout the night. And I think that's one of the, Probably the suitor, the overtime would be factor number two. And the third factor that's my frustration is the uh, limited offense that Vegas had throughout the evening and to come out with a win. That's that's what's tough, because for the most part, the stars limited the chances. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. Stylistically, the Vegas is a better team. Vegas is. Vegas is very similar to Seattle, but instead of a, instead of and nothing against Yanni Gord, but instead of having Yanni Gord as the forward you're thinking about, it's Jack Eichel and Mark Stone. That's, yeah. that's, 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 that's the difference. So. Absolutely. <laughs> so. All right. Zach Friesen uh, asks a July question, Sean. Okay. <laughs> I'm just giving you a warning. Yeah. Is there even a remote chance that Suter gets bought out this off season? Hate to overreact, but I feel like we can get just as much production elsewhere, even with the buyout. So just because he asked that question, I know it's on stars mm-hmm. minds. 
So if you do buy out Ryan Suter over the next two years, you get cap savings of $2.87 million. But you do tack on one point, just over $1.4 million for 2025, 2026, 26, and 27. Um, I will say it does say this, Sean. Uh, while this is a 35-plus contract, it's exempt from the 35-plus buyout rules. I, I go back to the spot, though, of... I can't it's could he be bought out? Sure. I could see the possibility yeah. of that being bought out, but right. This is a, the GM that signed him. Yep. And the coach is playing him the second most minutes of any guy on the team. So yep. whether you agree or disagree, Ryan Suter, whether you agree or disagree, Ryan Suter is considered a viable part of the plan right now. And that's I know that's a July question, but it's still it's that's just the truth. And yeah. now the other question becomes, and this is just the whole space of, so say you do, I'll, I'll I, say you do want to buy them out and that's okay. That's great. That's fine. If you, if you do want to go the buyout route and everything like that, what's the other move? What's the other space? Because, um, I, I, I don't, I don't. I, I hate the contract. I really hate how much cap space he's taking, taking up on this. And, um, but this the playoffs have shown that you've got some other, you got some other pieces that are. I'm not. I don't want Yanni Hockenpah getting the 24 minutes a night. Yeah. I don't want Colin yeah. Miller getting the 24 minutes a night. Um, right. I mean, Nils Lundqvist is gonna have to figure it out next year. Like, I, I just. I think the easier option personally is I think the easier option is to you bite the bullet, you play it next year and you basically hope that Thomas Harley comes into camp and forces him down in the lineup Mm -hmm. that you have Nils Lundquist comes in and forces him down in the lineup. You have Esselindel come back and show, but like he's out playing Esselindel right now. Like yeah, it's, like it's it's it's, it's 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 the space where, I mean, if if you're talking about like buyouts and and, and everything like that, like Esselindel is making two more million per two and a half more million per year or whatever. Two more million per year, I think, is like five point eight to three point six five or whatever, and. He didn't have the egregious. If 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 Esselindel makes the egregious mistake back there tonight, all of a sudden we're we're getting the question about S again bought out. So like, right? I I, I I get where people are coming from, and I have talked about and been very upset with the contract and everything like that, and I know that. But I also I don't unless you're unless you're coming to me and being like, oh, we can buy him out and sign player X or we can sign player Y that's great. But this free agency class sucks to be honest. Like there's not like it's, it's, it's uh, so yeah. Especially I, for defensemen. Yeah, I mean, exactly. they're premiums. I mean, John Klingberg is going to get overpaid this summer because of is going to get yeah. overpaid this summer. So, so I, I know people aren't going to like that answer because it's something you have to live, but it's the reality is the Ryan Suter erasure from the stars lineup starts with Thomas Harley coming in next year 
and basically internally forcing him down to the lineup and convincing the coaching staff of that. And yeah. that's what you have to hope for as a fan. I absolutely agree with you, Sean, as a third pair defenseman. I think that's a pretty good third pair defenseman. If, if, if that can happen, then I think the stars are in good shape. Uh, Belfour's billion dollar bribe. Uh, cool username at bad hat, Harry 55. That Turner turnover should be enough to get Suter bench going forward. How likely is it to be bought out? We just discussed that. Yeah, no, I mean, and you're not going to bench it, him. It's just, it is what it is. It's a horrible mistake. And uh, yeah, but you're not going to bench him. Yeah. That's just, you know, you're not going to, there's yeah. no one that who you're going to put in. That's, yeah. that's my question back to everybody. I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything. I love you all, but who are you going to put in? You cannot put Nils Lundqvist who hasn't played since March yeah. in the lineup. And not to mention you're putting a small defenseman in against a very physical team. So that even if he was playing on a regular basis, that's just not going to work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and we understand that all these suitor questions are coming in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, at Alt C Beyond, Ugh, one of the challenges uh, with always losing the first game of the series is that the second game may not go our way, even if we are playing well. Then you are in a hole. I mean, that's yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, the difference this time is, is that you had home ice, and now you don't have home ice, so you have to basically even it up. Uh, you don't want to go down three to one. Going into Vegas, that that won't be good. But I mean, yeah, I don't want to say your backs are up against the wall, but you know, I mean, you, they know where they are. Uh, at Robbius, Robbie asks, "This is a great experience for the younger stars players with a bright future of prospects as well." Being down two zero, though, my heart breaks for Ben and Pavs. What would you to put the concern o meter on at the scale one to ten? Ten being the most alarming. Uh, um, five i mean like it's like yeah. i don't really i don't really like the series isn't over you've had two games in overtime they could be up 2-0 if the bounces go the other way like yeah so i yeah absolutely I, I can they win yeah. the next two at home sure they can, yeah it's it's hockey like that's yeah. the whole space so i'm not really yeah i'm not really worried about i mean uh, I, my, my concern i mean it's they're down two nothing and I would expect the I would expect Vegas to win this series now based off that. That's just the reality of if you if one team has two wins and they just have to win two more, or the other team has to win four. Obviously, Vegas is favored to win the series, and they probably will. But yeah. that's yeah. hockey. That's not. It doesn't change. I mean, it's. I mean, I don't really like the series. Also, isn't over, and the end of the day. No one has promised to Stanley Cup. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. It is good experience for the younger stars players like Wyatt Johnston, Thomas Harley, um, even Heishkinen, you know, who we are seeing in this series, um, rightfully so, getting a lot of positive publicity, and that's really good, and he deserves it because he's playing really well. Um, I will say, uh, you know, I mean, I think he was okay, but uh, I didn't, I would like to see more Jamie Ben opportunities. Uh, I thought he yeah. was kind of quiet tonight. Yeah, he was. I mean, he had a. He was just. Yeah, I didn't really see much out of Ben tonight. He was. Um, he had. A, he did have a quiet night. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, okay, Patrick Pixley. Uh, not hitting the panic button next to at home. Yeah, we agree with you, Patrick. Uh, mm -hmm. Cole St. Romain. Uh, how are you feeling after that game? Do you think they can win the next two at home? Yeah, we do. I think so. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't I like, I like it's, it's the thing where 
and maybe this is the one benefit of like right now, Dallas is uh, like being down 2 0, 2 0, it's always a must win, right? But uh, Carolina lost two games at home, right? Now they're going back to Florida, and Florida has is going to go, and I don't want to hear any jokes about their building because they've done a really good job getting people in the building in Florida this year and everything uh-huh. like that. Florida gets to go home with that energy. Dallas, Carolina doesn't get that. Carolina, I feel more, my alarm level is would be much higher for the Carolina Hurricanes than for the Dallas Stars right now. The Stars, you get the next two at home. Um, game three, I mean, you win, you win game three, it's a 2-1 series, and it's 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 a completely 2-1 versus 3-0 is one of the biggest things in sports. So Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, okay, so another question from Belfour's uh, Billion Bribe, and you're going to have to answer this one, Sean. Says, <laughs> Sean, you mentioned earlier about how the stars make players, quote-unquote, earn numbers. Why? Is it? Just a dumb power trip like lose clean shave policy seems like an easy way to make players mad for no real reason. I don't know what he's discussing. Um, he's talking about earned numbers. I mean, is he talking about? I have talked about before on this podcast about part of the Stars' numbering system is Jim Nill is a is a hockey traditionalist, right? Where it's like he is someone who, um. He likes that there's a reason so much of the stars roster is um, the numbers. Like you, if you start looking one through, if you start going one through 30, right, you kind of, you can find the ones that are retired, but then you start looking and they're like, okay, that's the reason they got the 10, 11, 12, 13s and not like um, not some other teams where Vegas is, has more of the, 53s the 55s the 49 like like i think i think it's more related to that like dallas is something where jim nill is a big believer in lower numbers and um it's something that i've I've talked to nill about it before it's something that he that he prefers and even when i think when tom gallardi bought the team one of the things that he talked about was getting away from football numbers. I think people will remember uh, Antoine Roussel used to be number 60, right? Antoine Roussel changed from 60 to 21 because they kind of wanted to get away from the football numbers. And so um, to, I don't really know what the state of the question was, but it's, it's something where when it comes to numbers, basically if a guy, if, if the lower the number a player has um, is given, that shows more of their stature or where they are as an NHLer, and then and then the others, and then if they've got another number, you kind of it's either in Joel Hanley's case, um, there's a reason behind. Basically, there's a reason behind every high number for the stars above 27. So, like in the game tonight, right? Um, Joel Hanley wears 44 for a very special reason. Joel Hanley's brother. Um, uh, and I don't remember the ex- Joel Hanley's brother, unfortunately passed. Um, f- I think it was five or six years ago or whatever, but Joel Hanley wears 44 cause it's his brother's number. And so that's why Joel Hanley wears 44. Um, you have why Johnson wears 53 and he's always worn 53. And you know what, when you're a first round pick, you get to pick a high number. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the case when Thomas Harley, same deal, 55 Thomas Harley wanted that number. He's a first round pick. You get a bit of that exception. 
Evgeny Dadanov, a veteran. He's worn 63 his whole career. He comes in. They're going to give him 63. Tyler Sagan, number 91, number 19, is retired here. He wore 19 in Boston. He's going to get 91. If there's there's a reason for the way the Stars like to, just from the perspective and the hockey tradition of it, that's the way the Stars like to do their numbers. And I don't, it's not a power trip thing. It's just, that's how they feel about it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of, that's, that's the reality. <laughs> so Right. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And just to update people, uh, we are just underway in uh, Cedar Park. So uh, series clinching game five as the stars the other night in, well, <laughs> listen, I'm not throwing shots. Yeah. But the Texas Stars are can win in overtime, <laughs> a double overtime winner um, by Oscar Bach. Yeah. So um, one thing I did want to point out, and that's the reason I bring it up, not just to plug Sean's book, which is a terrific book called We Win Here. And it talks about uh, Dallas Stars and Texas Stars stories, um, is that Matt Murray is uh, five and two this postseason, and he had a good game the other night, 42 out of 45 saves. So um, I just wanted to point that out as we continue to see the development of a guy that was kind of off the radar, and uh, it'll be a July discussion that Sean and I will have, but, I mean, it's he's playing at a high level, and I give him a lot of credit. He is, and, and right now I know, so if you want to go even deeper to the level, I just looked, Idaho is up uh, 2 nothing on Toledo right now in, nice. the, uh, in game two of the uh, – the uh, Eastern, the ECHL conference final. So uh, obviously uh, there's, there's a chance where uh, if Texas wins tonight, um, you could have conference finals games crossed all three levels for the stars organization this week, which uh, talk about a pretty cool thing for an organization. Um, Really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, to, to wrap it up, Sean, I mean, just limit the mistakes in, uh, in, in in game in game three um play your game like you did in the second period and uh you know try to get out of your zone clean as much as possible with that d4 check right i mean is there anything else that you'd like to see in game three i mean the games have been so close yeah um i don't know who you take out because i think as i said on this podcast i thought kibby ranta was really good tonight yeah i do wonder if you can find a way to get, I feel like bringing into Ty Delandria in could be a bit of that. I think I feel like Ty Delandria is kind of could be a bit of a spark if you brought him back in. I'm not sure. Like I don't want to take Kiviront out. The fourth line was good tonight, so it's hard to find the space to to do it. And and it would be, um, it, it's it'd be hard to find the space to to where where it would happen. But I. I don't know. I just, I just feel yeah. like he's someone who could come in and, and bring a little bit and play that style that, that works against Vegas. Um, I, uh, so I, I would put that there. And then the other thing, just from a, from a, from a Dallas perspective, you talk about own the moment, right? Like we talked about, you didn't own the moment in the third period this tonight and with the turnover and everything like that, like enjoy it. You get, home game in the Western conference final and house is going to be rocking. Um, it's going to be fun. Like, just yeah. own, own, like, like this is why you play the games, right? Like, like enjoy it, own the moment. And if you're going to be in that building, it's going to be great. If you can't be in the building, find a way to 
find a way to watch with someone else and enjoy the game because it's we're, we're talking about a team right now that is one of four NHL teams left playing. And I think when you when you shift your focus to that, even with the nitpicking and the rifle nitpicking, like we're picking at the defense, that's okay. But when you think about why we're having these discussions on May 21st, Gavin, and if you had told me back in January that we'd be talking about games on May 21st, I wouldn't have believed you. So right. let's like like embrace that and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I'll be at the game on Tuesday, and I'm excited to see all the Spits and Suds fans and uh, the 105.3, the fan. We, uh, we, we, uh, Gavin. So I, I will be there too. We should. Yeah. We, we should. Uh, I don't know. Should we? Should we find? Should we? Should we pick a? Uh, should, should we pick an intermission and and yes, and, and, we and, shall. And uh, we'll put it out on Twitter and uh, yes. and and and, and uh, have a informal hello with people i think we should yes do that, so. yes yes you don't have to mr shapiro i will take it upon myself i'm happy to buy some frosties to the spits and suds faithful <laughs> as a thank you um but uh we would love to meet you in person you guys have been so supportive of spits and spuds spits and suds should i say um <laughs> spits and spuds would be my potato podcast yeah, um, let's see that's 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 if uh if if texas loses and dallas is the next two we'll we'll do a spits and spuds idaho steal its God, podcast that was, yeah <laughs> that such a weird podcast tonight we're going to focus on all gratin potatoes <laughs> that would be such a weird podcast um so yeah it would be great to see everyone uh remember hit the subscribe button if you're listening for the first time, that really helps us or spread the word and uh, any comments, feedback to us. We love it. Thank you so much. The numbers we're seeing, it's just tremendous. We understand that it's because the stars are in the Western Conference finals, but our goal is to, to grow this. And that's one of the reasons that we ask and answer your questions and your take all the comments because you guys are as much a part of this show as uh, we are. So, uh, just a just a little teaser for next week. Let's end on some levity. I um, went to uh, Craig Ludwig and myself got together and went to a Texas Rangers game yesterday. And uh, <laughs> so we were fortunate. It was a, a 105.3 The Fan Day, uh, which is super cool. And uh, didn't know it, but I got a text. Uh, late in the game, Sean, and it was a, uh, I'm pulling it up right now. It was a picture of a beer and it said, not even seventh inning stretch and the last beer gone, bad host. <laughs> <laughs> and I could tell you it was pretty stocked. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so we'll have some stories with that as Ludwig joins us, uh, during the week, but, uh, Thank you, Sean, as always, man. I, I really appreciate you being a part of this podcast. It's uh, it's a joy to talk to you after these games. I love your deep uh, you know, dives as far as the goals, the things that you see that you bring up to the uh, listeners. It's awesome. It's fun, man. It's been fun. And uh, we'll uh, appreciate once again everyone for listening. And that's the best way to close this because it's been, it's been cool to see. Uh, you get the numbers. You send them over to me. We see people. We see the reception. So thank you to everyone for listening. And uh, – uh, there's another game Tuesday. So there's we'll another game Tuesday and Father's Day before you know it will be coming shortly. So we win here is the book. Order it now. And uh yeah, that that would be great. So uh hopefully Sean and I get to see you. If you're going to the Stars game on Tuesday night, we'll tweet that out, but just know that after Tuesday's game, we'll have 
post-game edition of Western Conference Finals Game 3. So that's going to do it for us. For Sean Shapiro, I'm Gavin Spittle. Thank you so much for listening to Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan. Have a great day, everyone.